0: Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today's episode is sponsored by Evofem Biosciences, NASDAQ EVFM, a female-forward company revolutionizing women's healthcare with game-changing products that address unmet needs in women's sexual and reproductive health. Learn more at evofem.com. Today, we interview Dr. Berkeley Luck and Pedro Silva, the co-founders of Milkify. This is a very special episode because the interview is hosted by not only me, but also my co-founder, Dr. Julie Hakeem. Second, the science behind Milkify makes me so happy and excited because it's actually super basic kind of science principles applied to uh, a really common problem for women. And so that really excites me. And then lastly, Dr. Berkeley Luck is actually an old friend of mine. Seven years ago, we were uh, first-year PhD students at Baylor College of Medicine, and we had a few classes together. We studied, um, you know, we're acquaintances in school. Seven years go by, and now she is working on this incredible femtech company. So it's really cool to see, see it all come around. Well, what does Milkify do? They do something that is super simple, but also really, really uh, incredible and important they actually dry-freeze breast milk. And what that does is it turns the liquid gold into powdered gold, essentially. The powdered breast milk can be uh, stored on the shelf for up to two years. Also, storing it in the powdered form allows the retention of vital nutrition and probiotics, which actually degrade very quickly in the freezer when you just have the regular liquid milk. Frozen milk, that is. The little packages of powder are easy to travel with. They go straight through the TSA. We actually interviewed Berkeley and Pedro in their laboratory this summer in Houston. So if you check our social at Femtech Focus, you can find that tour of their laboratory to see where they're freeze drying, is, drying the breast milk. Um, and today, we were so excited to have them back for a full podcast interview. Learn more about breast milk freezing and drying at milkify.me and enjoy the interview. Hey, Milkify team. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Brittany. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're having a party today. So we got two founders from Milkify and we got my co-founder, Dr. Julie Hakeem with us too. Hi, y'all. Super excited to talk to you all about milk and milk products. Let's go. Hell yeah. Um, Well, this is really fun because I actually know Berkeley from my time in my PhD program. So we are actually old friends. We were studying like Krebs cycle and (laughs) cell membranes and small RNA splitting and all this stuff back, back in the day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Good times. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I went to uh, Baylor college of medicine with Brittany.
1: Um, and both of us, uh, graduated with PhDs from, from the same place around the same time and, um, different labs, but we had different focuses of study, but, uh, definitely, definitely good times.
0: Yeah. I studied antibiotic resistance in E. Coli, not exactly femtech, not exactly (laughs) did not set me up for that trajectory just yet. (laughs) Well, we love to start our episodes with uh, some background story. You know, like I just said, right, I studied E. coli, now I'm leading a Femtech podcast. Usually Femtech careers don't start off in Femtech careers. So can you tell us a little bit about... First of all, you're dynamic, so you're co-founders, but you're also partners. Mary, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> on the way. Yep. A baby on the way. So awesome. Woo-hoo. Very, very appropriate for your product. I mean, you'll definitely be a customer, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, but tell us about your backgrounds first. Where are you from? What did you study? And how did you meet each other? And then tell us what Melkify is. Absolutely. So, um, So I'm Berkeley, Berkeley Luck. And during um, during my studies,
1: my focus was on the infant gut microbiome, uh, or the the bacteria that colonize uh, your intestines and your 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 gut tract while uh, when you're first born up and through up uh, through toddlerhood, basically. Um, and really, we're only beginning to understand the effects that these bacteria have uh, on our health and development, even later in life. And um, so that's how I kind of got introduced. To um, the importance of of our diets early in life, and as you know, you know the diet that you have earliest in life is breast milk, um, most most of the time. And this breast milk contains the bacteria that's so important for colonizing our gut um, during this early stage. And so um, that's kind of how Milkify got started when I um, was looking into this kind of thing. I was familiar with freeze drying part of my research. Uh, involved uh, saving probiotic strains of bacteria, and we used freeze drying in the lab um, to to preserve these bacterial species. And so being familiar with it, it started with a simple question, you know, why don't we freeze dry breast milk? It just seemed like a, a, a better way to, to save it. Um, and the more I looked into it, the more I found that recent research was showing uh, that breast milk stored in the freezer degraded over time, and you lose all the these essential nutrients and vitamins and antioxidant capacity that makes breast milk the gold standard for infant nutrition. And so uh, fast forward, I graduated and started testing this idea out. And um, after about a year of, um, of testing... Uh, fine-tuning. Fine-tuning, yeah. affecting
2: yeah. <laughs> um, a proprietary process of... Spe- specifically yeah. freeze-drying human breast milk, which mm. is not the same as freeze-drying potato chips and etc,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah, so so it took a little while to get the process down, and after about a year, we had the process for breast milk-specific freeze-drying, um, and that's what we decided to build the service around. And right. so this not only solved the problem of, of so having having your breast milk freeze-dried turns it into a powder. So having, having this powder makes you able to store it on the shelf with no refrigeration. Um, but it also gives you the same conveniences that, you know, powdered and formula and that kind of thing would, would provide you.
2: And that was big for me. So thinking about becoming a dad, you know, nighttime feedings or just, you know, being alone with the baby and having to thaw the milk in the middle of the night, having a conference call in the morning, having, you know, powdered breast milk in a convenient package just makes life so much easier, so much more convenient for both mom and for dad. Definitely. And it's better for baby as well. So, I saw, you know, coming from the corporate background, I just saw the huge opportunity that there is um, and so I jumped all in with Berkeley and decided, you know, let's take my business skills, your science skills, and let's build an awesome company and, and scale this thing and just bring powder breast milk to the entire country.
0: Were you also just really in love with her and you're like, whatever you want to do, dear, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> you
2: know, when you wake up every day and you, and you, you work with your best friend and you do uh-huh. something that you love. Um, you know, you get up at 6am and it's way better than having to get up for a conference call at 9am because someone else told you to. So yeah. every day is, is just completely awesome. And, and, you know, I'm lucky that we get to build this business together. So it's been a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah.
0: Well, I already have a bunch of questions, but uh, before I dive into it, Pedro, can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from? You said corporate?
2: Yeah, that's right. So I spent eight years as a, basically in finance as an investor. i come from a private equity background. Um, I'm originally from Brazil, where we have a huge breastfeeding support culture. And so mm-hmm. I was a little shocked when I came to the U.S. and saw that there's just no culture around supporting women mm-hmm. um, in the workplace and through their breastfeeding journey. Um, and so you know having... Been in that corporate environment and seeing the struggle uh, that some of my coworkers went through when I saw the potential behind the technology Berkeley was coming up with it was just a no-brainer to me like I have to do this you know this is just this is my chance
0: amazing all right so some of the questions I have is what is freeze drying you know uh what is the bacteria in the milk and what's the gut microbiome and I Julie I would love if you jump in here too because uh, as a medical doctor yourself you you have some insight into the gut microbiome and the bacteria in this breast milk. So tell us first what freeze drying is, though. So, so freeze drying is just, it's a really simple process. It requires no chemicals or additives
1: to be added to the breast milk. It basically just removes all of the water from a product um, by a process called sublimation. And so the basic steps in this is a deep freeze, uh, then it a deep vacuum, and then uh, gentle heating. And so with this process, uh, it, it can be done in bags, so it never has to contact our equipment. And uh, it simply makes the the milk or the water that's in the milk um, evaporate off without having to go through the thawing stage.
2: And there's no chemicals, there's no additives, you know, we don't add anything to, to that process to make that happen.
3: So my I had a question though, does the, does the process of freeze drying or going through the lysophilization procedure that you have, does it Either take away any of the good bacteria that's there and maybe you could tell us a little bit about what is the good bacteria that's mm. in breast milk or does it add bad bacteria and what would happen mm. if there was any kind of introduction yeah. of bacteria into,
1: the, into the powder? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the bacteria that's normally in your breast milk, like I was saying, were the, are those species that, that colonize the infant gut initially. So lactobacillus, you, you see them often in probiotics. Lactobacillus and bifidobacterium are some of the species that, that are those initial uh, colonizers that you get from breast milk and that are able to grow and thrive on the, the, uh, all of the saccharides, the sugars that are in your breast milk. That's what these bacteria eat, and that's how their populations grow in your infant's gut. Um, and so one of the things that we really emphasize is a safe breast milk uh, pumping procedure. Uh, so if you if if you know if there is uh, anything introduced to the milk before we receive it as frozen milk, um, then that would be where the most potential for for contamination would come in. So really, we emphasize if you're if you're using safe breast milk handling practices um, to pump the milk initially, then that can prevent any kind of um, contamination. And like I said, since our process uh, has several quality controls throughout, quality control steps, um, and it never comes in contact with our equipment, we have lots of sanitization um, protocols and things of that nature to prevent any kind of cross-contamination between your milk and somebody else's or your milk and our equipment.
3: Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was definitely one of the things that I was wondering about is how exactly, I know you guys mentioned you have a pretty sophisticated barcode system. Like, how do you keep one woman's breast milk separate from somebody else's breast milk? And what are the the logistics of somebody dropping off their breast? Like, how do they get it to you
1: so that you can do the freeze drying and then get it back to them? Yeah. So we, yes, we have a a tracking system. So every bag that we get, we basically take frozen milk from, from a mom. And that's what we use to, that's that's the powder that you receive back. And so each bag that we get um, is sealed, it's turned into powder and sealed in a barrier bag. And from start to finish throughout the process, from the time that we get it from, from the mom, we have a unique uh, bag ID assigned to that one bag. And it's associated to to the mom, to her account. And so throughout the whole process, uh, from start to finish, it's, it's tracked. And so we know exactly you know how, how much it weighed when it got there, what the temperature was, um, the, the quality afterwards, uh, and the, the the weight afterwards, and so throughout the whole thing, um, it's it's tracked. Um, and then the second part of your question, I'm sorry, what was that?
3: Well, I just wanted to know like how how do women Get their milk to you. Like, how does that oh, yes. whole process happen? <laughs> I, I know that we had talked a little bit about um, otter boxes or whatever for to to safeguard <laughs> the milk. So maybe just walk us through that part again, because the logistic, like supply chain, yeah. you know, logistics of it uh, is
1: really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So we have we have three different uh, ways that people get their milk to us. Basically, uh, here in Houston, we have a, a buy the box service. So women that have a freezer breast milk stored up in their freezers can order um, boxes from us and then load up the boxes and we just have couriers to pick them up um, the second way that you can get frozen milk to us is by shipping it if you're not in the Houston area we have, you know have partners uh, at milk stork um, the trusted leader in breast milk shipping that can help get milk to Houston in the case that you're not in the area and then we also have partners around Houston um, motherhood focused businesses and uh, like and, and employers
2: with lactation suites um, where women express while they're at work, and we've launched one, uh, the, the world's first breast milk drop-off kiosk um, at the Motherhood Center. Um, I think you guys have interviewed Gabriella before on your show. Um, she's been very supportive of us. We, we love Gabriella, and she's basically she's you know gone all in um, on bringing the first kiosk to her customers together with us. So what that means is, if you want to try our service, you can go to the Motherhood Center, and there's a freezer kiosk that is authenticated. You use your app. On uh, an app on your phone essentially to unlock it. And, you know, the box, you boxes mentioning. you are mentioning, you drop it in and then the, your first bag is free. Once you, you drop your breast milk off there, you don't have to worry about keeping it refrigerated. You don't have to worry about carrying a cooler um, because we know exactly who you are and when you drop off the milk, um, we know your home address and we send the powdered milk back to, back to your home address within a week. Um, and that's a free trial. We're also going to be launching subscriptions, um, a subscription service uh, through these kiosks. And the idea behind a subscription service is if you're a mom who's coming back to the office, um, you're you know, expressing your work and you're worried about continuing your breastfeeding journey. That's a huge source of anxiety. Um, and that's a huge source of you know, just mental cognitive load that, that affects productivity and things like that. And it's, you know, uh, you, there's harassment from coworkers for storing your milk in the, in the fridge at work and et cetera. So what we've done is we've developed this kiosk where we drop it off in the lactation room um, over your employer. And now if you're a mom and you you show up to work and you can just express your milk in the lactation room, drop it off in the kiosk, and same process. We pick it up once a week. We powder it. We send it back to your home address. Mm -hmm. That means that as soon as you're done expressing, you can go back to your conference calls. You can go back to your meetings. You can go back to focusing on work. And most crucially, you feel supported as an employee. Mm -hmm. Um, And studies have shown that employers who support their employees with lactation support programs actually see um, a staggering drop in how many women leave those jobs because of the lack of support. So employee retention you know, is almost twice as high for employers who do invest in those in those sort of programs. The healthcare costs for women um, is much lower when they do breastfeed and when they do take advantage of those programs um, by thousands of dollars compared to you know, someone who feeds formula to their to their infant. So we're basically trying to you know break down these barriers to breastfeeding and bring the convenience of formula to breast milk in the context of work, which, and that's another, you know, another way we're trying to bring a femtech focus type of, you know, benefit to, to women who work.
0: I love this. One of the biggest issues in femtech is when we try to fundraise, 97% of VC general partners are men. And so when we tell them, this is a huge problem, a lot of times they say, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of this problem, and it's because women suffer in silence a lot with their, you know, uh, the anxieties we don't even realize we have, like getting to the pharmacy every month to pick up our birth control, right? Things that I've taken for granted, too, that I'm like, oh, yeah, add that to the list of things I have on my mind, you know? Um, Can you walk us through a day in the life of a woman who, you know... Baby is, you know, maybe with a relative or in daycare, she goes to work and she needs to, as you say, express. I love that. That's so scientific and professional of you. She's (laughs) going to pump right at work. Can you give us some insight for any listeners who haven't breastfed yet or are male listeners? What what are you innovating here? Because it may come as an assumption that this is easy. Women are doing it and they're fine about it. Tell us what it's really like. So I, I'm about to go through this. Before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember the the shock that I, I experienced
1: when watching a colleague go through this process. Um, when I had, I wasn't familiar with it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you when you return to work after after having your child, um, and you would like to continue breastfeeding, you do have to express the milk during the day to avoid um, inflammation and you uh, they call it mastitis um, to invo- to avoid problems um, mm-hmm. with your own breast health. Um, and to continue producing milk. So your milk supply is dependent on how often you're pumping or you're feeding. And so if you're not around your baby for an extended period of time, you have to continue pumping or expressing the milk in order to continue mm. making the milk. Um, and so during the day, you might have to do that it depends, it varies for different women, but you might have to do this a couple times a day. It takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes minimum if you don't have to walk too far to get to the, to the area. Um, and before this was, uh, really brought to the attention of employers, um, women were having to do this either, you know, in a bathroom, in a bathroom or, or in a, in a I space that was shared.
2: We spoke to one female investor yeah. who, you know, was just, she's one of the first, uh, backers of Milkify and she was telling us about, you know, when she was a banker in the nineties, she had, you know, a glass office essentially, and she would put up poster boards and she would write. F off on breastfeeding to so to keep our male co-workers from just yeah. you know, from just barging into yeah, the door yeah. while she's sitting there, right? And and now we have laws that you know say if you have a minimum amount of employees, you need to have a lactation room and it, it can't be a bathroom, right? But even now you were saying about the how male coworkers are just unaware. Mm-hmm. So my previous employer had a lactation room, but it was called a quiet room, right? And so like the male employees who just walk by like we're not even aware of like why that room is there and uh, is And yeah. so there is a lack of awareness, right? And and mm-hmm. like you said that awareness would really change things in terms of just advancing how quickly we can, we can, you know, bring that support to women who, who do want to continue breastfeeding okay. and, and, and working at the same time.
0: And so a woman is, she expresses um, how it's like a one bag that she'll get, or is it multiple bags of milk a day? Completely depends on the woman. Completely. Okay. <laughs> and so let's say she has three bags. Cause she goes, I, I learned from y'all. She has to do this multiple times in a day. I, it's not just, like, a lunch break, right? She goes several right. times. She has these bags of milk. Um, and without your kiosk to drop them off in, she has to leave them in a freezer next to Frank's Lean Cuisine, right? And, <laughs> exactly. Right. And she and does she need just a cooler the- to bring it home. Exactly. And, exactly. So, oh my the gosh. Water-
1: to work remembering that you have to have like an ice pack and keep mm. or you know keep it cool you have to keep the milk cool while it's there at work with you so in a fridge or, or a freezer if you're lucky enough to have one in, in your own office that's great but if you have to share it with your other colleagues then you know yeah it's thanks to pranksling cuisine and then you know at the end of the day this would especially be a problem for me the, just the cognitive load of remembering to take it home with you mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, especially if, if you're not, uh, if it's something that you're playing to, to stockpile, if it's not something you, you know you're going to need for your baby or at right, then it, it's, it would be very hard for me to remember at the end of the day to go to the fridge and get that and then put it in the cooler and then lug it home. Um, so yeah, there there's a, like I said, a cognitive load just associated with the whole process um, that I hadn't even really considered mm-hmm. um, that women go go through if they want to continue breastfeeding when they return to the workplace.
3: So I have a question, you know um, I mean, you guys just spent this very eloquent couple of moments explaining like why a woman would go through so many, you know, headaches and obstacles. And as you said, cognitive load of stress to go through this process. So like what? Why? Like, why is the microbiome, or why is what's in breast milk so important for their child's gut and their gut health and the, you know, panoply of microbiota that's in that that gut microbiome? And what? Why? Why? Why bother? Like,
1: what? What is so important? About this? Yeah, it's custom. The the what a woman makes for her infant is is customized to what her baby needs. Yeah. It changes over time. It changes. You know, if your baby. More antibodies, um, and that's in your breast milk. There's um, specific uh, human milk oligosaccharides, and there's over 300 of these. These are the sugars that are in your breast milk, um, and so it's it's more than just calories that's that's in breast milk. It, there's a lot of different things. This the diversity of the species of bacteria that are in your breast milk that get passed on to your infant, um, the antibodies that are also you know mom specific you know, mom-specific it's, yeah, it's, antibodies that are, that are really important to defending just first of all, stimulating your, your infant immune system or like um, boosting your infant's immune system. Um, in addition to the, the the probiotics that are there, uh, stimulating your infant's immune system. So one of the things that these microbiota, the microbiota, the bacteria do for you when you're a baby is help to give your immune system that initial, um, that initial boost it tra- helps train your immune system, and that initial training helps prevent the incidence of allergies and allergic diseases like eczema later in life. And so, there's, these are the things that, that can't be replicated by infant formula because it, it is custom made. Um, N- nature,
2: you know, has spent millions of years evolving the perfect solution to you know feed human babies and make sure that they get to adulthood safely, no matter what you know pathogens or what you know pollutants are in the air. Um, no matter how they evolve, how they're different from other babies, and so to think that you know a, a large corporation that's publicly traded with a facility, you know, putting essentially um, half fructose corn syrup and other you know bad ingredients into a box and then you know sending it to you, the idea that that's going to be equivalent to breast milk is one of the ludicrous lies of you know late stage capitalism mm. and that, that we face as parents. That's one of the big cultural things that we just need to change if we want to reverse the you know the spike in. Autoimmune diseases, the spike in allergies, right? Um, childhood obesity. Um, there's even th- there's even studies showing that infants who are breastfed have much higher IQs later in life. They earn more later in life. Um, women who breastfeed their babies take half as many sick days as women who formula feed their babies, right? So just let that sink in for a second. You literally miss twice as much work when you feed formula because your baby gets that much sick. You can see that the- we just took a parent class and there was a slide showing how the the color of a baby's poop. Changes when it's breastfed, and that's the natural progression. And when you feed your infant formula, the poop has a totally different color, and it changes color in different ways. And that just screams to me like this is just obvious sign. that something is
1: different.
2: If you want what's best for your baby, breast milk is simply the there's no replacement. It is the gold standard. There's nothing that can replace it. Formula Mm -hmm. is appropriate if in certain cases, you know, with breastfeeding is not, it's you know contraindicated, or it's Mm -hmm. just not safe, or it's not possible for mom to be with baby. And you know, formula is a great solution for that because not everyone can breastfeed, mm-hmm. but if you're able to, then it is absolutely the best for your baby. And many moms know that instinctively and, and they know that because they've studied it and looked into it. And so they want to do everything they possibly can to continue breastfeeding.
1: That's one of the things that w- one of our goals basically is that infant formula is a, a lot more convenient in some ways. And so we're, we'd like to bring the convenience mm-hmm. of infant formula to to breast milk, basically. Um, so that if you can produce fresh milk, um, we want to combine some of the, the benefits that you get with infant formula, um, and make it, make it shelf stable for three years, make it, uh, in a powdered form that you can take with you on an, on an airplane, give it to, to the husband for night feeding, things like that. Um, so.
0: I love that you brought up baby poop. Cause I know Julie says she asks her patients about their poop and they are young girls that are like, what? And she's like, your poop's important, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Yeah, Yeah, in our clinic, we talk about poop all the time, and I mean, some of the other things that you guys mentioned that, I mean, I feel like I have so many questions to (laughs) ask you, but so I think, Berkeley, you had mentioned, you know, as your child is sick, that the bacteria in the breast milk that the mom produces might change in response to your child's illness Mm. in order to provide that child with the antibodies that it needs. Um, you talk any more about that? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of moms out there who may be wondering, um, you know, am I supposed to eat something different to give my child the best boost possible? Or what do I do if my child is preterm? And is there something else that I can do to sort of, you know, one up my breast milk for, for my baby or how do women approach, you know, uh,
1: I guess changing or modifying their own antibody production if it's possible. That's a really good question. I, I know that there are certain certain products out there now that can stimulate breast milk production, um, like milk thistle, um, things like that. Um they're pretty rarely available in, in target and things um, to to increase the milk supply if you're not making quite enough. but um, and I'm you know, not a, a certified lactation consultant, uh, but uh, from the from the ones that I have talked to, as far as I know, if you if you have if you're having problems um, breastfeeding, you can go see a lactation consultant to try and get some help. Um, if you're having problems with your baby latching, or if you're having uh, problems producing enough milk for your baby. And so, um, but basically, if you if you are breastfeeding and you you your baby is sick, your body will automatically change. There's nothing that you need to do. There's nothing that you need to start eating. There's nothing that you need to just start taking. This is an automatic response that we've evolved as humans um to help keep our babies alive over you know a decade or decades, yeah. years and no years of the reality. Reality of of evolution.
2: Um it's, so, like heart, yeah. you know, it's not something you can control. I can't make my heart beat any faster and yet it'll be faster no. or slower in response to you know how well to care of myself and how you know but my overall wellness and health and et cetera. And so, you know, I think if you just focus on your wellness and your health. And the supply-demand relationship between you and your baby breastfeeding, then that's, you know, typically the best way to go. And, you know, obviously, women should talk to their doctors and monitor their specific individual situations. But, in, you know, generally speaking, it is amazing how breast milk has evolved to be this magical, you know, all-in-one solution to your baby's health.
1: I
3: actually am smiling as you're saying that. And I'm loving the are saying just let it be and it'll, it'll evolve just like any other microbiome. I won't get on the horse of like, don't, (laughs) don't touch your vaginal microbiome because it'll just sort itself out. But I love your product because what I think it does is not only make it um, easier for women to be at work. um, It also reduces so much of the guilt, so much of that. It's Mm -hmm. not just the cognitive load of like, I have this stress of I need to remember all these things, but I think a lot of women feel um just this overwhelming sense of guilt that they're going back to work and am I doing something that will inherently harm my child because I have you know the push-pull pressures of life as well I need to go back to work or whatever it is and you guys are not only ma- you guys are making that so much easier for mm-hmm. women who also need to travel who need to have things to convenient who need to be able to you know not sit there and feel guilty about what they're doing for their child and also for their own breast health while they're out work
2: women shouldn't have to choose between work and family yeah. That end of story period and that's what we're trying to do in milkify is we're trying to make it easier we're trying to make breast milk as easy as formula so that you can go and do both you know you can't have it all it's hard to have it all but you know we're trying right we're mm-hmm. trying to empower women to go on that breastfeeding journey and feel supported and you know be able to do their best you know and at the end of the day that makes me feel good
3: i love that i feel like we should just pause there for a moment let everybody like hit the rewind button for 15 seconds like ladies (laughs) families you don't need to choose you know if you want to be at work and you want to have a convenient product that is as convenient as formula with all the health benefits
1: Mm
3: -hmm. um you know you don't have to pick one or the other so
0: Thank you, Femtec, right? yeah. Thank you, Femtech, right? <laughs> Thank you, Femtech. It's not like y'all discovered freeze-drying, right? It's I not know. like y'all discovered yeah. pumping breast milk. You it didn't have you... like the freezer either. Right? No, yeah. no, yeah.
2: Yeah, but yeah, what we've done is we've, we've taken different ideas and different technologies and brought them together in a yeah. specific way. We added our own proprietary secret sauce to it, and now we're launching something that I think really has the potential to help a lot of women and their infants. And by the way, also, you know, their partners – and their coworkers, because guess what? If you're distracted at work, you become a bottleneck, and mm-hmm. the entire office suffers, right? And so this is good for everyone if we can just lift up all the women you know, that are struggling with this, and you know, it'll just be good for everyone, and I think that's pretty obvious once you see
0: it. Women's health is everyone's health, including the economies and businesses, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, we've been talking a lot about how breast milk is so good for the baby's health. I just have a question. Um, is breastfeeding good for the mother's health, too? Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah I, I would assume Julie can also talk to more more to
1: this, but they um, from the research that we've done, there's lots and lots and lots of research backing the fact that women that breastfeed have lower incidence of, uh, of ovarian cancer, oh. uh, of breast cancer. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's uh, metabolic uh, positive effects on your metabolism, things like that. And um, turning back to your pre
2: birth weight and you know all, all sorts of health indicators no. and wellness indicators and productivity and you name it. If you know, if you're breastfeeding, then you're doing what your body is telling you to do, and that is going to have a positive impact on your health. If again, if you can't breastfeed, then you know that is a very tough situation, and we would never want a woman to feel guilty because she can't. But at the end of the day, if you're able to and you do breastfeed, despite you know, we know it's hard, we know it's challenging, but when you do follow through on that, then there's health benefits all around, mm-hmm. and and that's that's been shown by science.
0: Is there anything negative about breastfeeding in yeah, terms of that,
2: health? In terms of health? Yeah, I guess that you can say that, you know, if you're breastfeeding and you're, that's making you uh, feel more challenged at work, or if you're, yeah. if you feel like you're losing sleep, you know, your mental health comes into play. There's health mm, is such a complicated thing. It's, you know, Never true. say a blanket statement is going to be very hard to make without, mm. you know, making someone feel left out or offended or, you know it's never, I'm never going to be able to say something that's true for everyone. Right. And so in general, we can say breastfeeding is best. It's always best when you can do it, breast but always consider what else is going on in your life and in your health and make the best decision, for you know, for you and your baby, because at the end of the day, if you're depressed and you're not getting enough sleep and you're, just, you're miserable, your baby is also not going to be happy or healthy, no matter how much breast milk is getting or she's getting. It. So Um, It is a holistic thing.
0: I didn't mean for that to be a trick question. You handled it really well. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just kind of brainstorming here. Uh, Julie, did you have any other questions about breastfeeding and the microbiome? I mean, I had
3: questions uh, a lot about sort of preterm, preterm babies or the breast milk and how it changes. If your if your baby is born preterm versus later term, and we may jump into this later on, if you had, Ideas for like what's the next evolution yeah. of Milkify? Um, I had a lot of ideas about just kind of matching women who maybe had term deliveries with women mm-hmm. who had preterm deliveries, and and sort of offering breast milk if if some wasn't available. I think also to dovetail off Britt's question, you know, a lot of women have a lot of pain associated with breastfeeding, right? The nipple can get really cracked, really sore. It can be really painful to, to breastfeed actually, which is why we have amazing lactation consultants. And I think we had, we interviewed Lactap with, on our podcast, which was amazing. Um, but maybe if you could say a little bit more about how the, you know, bacterial content either, changes as the baby is born at term versus preterm what maybe that means and of course I also had questions about some of the bacteria that is it actually the bacteria that's in the milk or is it on the skin around mm. the areola and maybe you could speak a little bit more about where's the bacteria actually coming from yeah Okay, yeah, so <laughs> there's a, a
1: lot of questions. There. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, the question between pre-term, preterm and term babies. So the, the microbiome that's that's been seen in preterm babies has been a little bit different than term babies, um, especially depending on if there's other... Um, other health factors involved in the delivery and so and and, you know if they're in the hospital and they're not able to get breast milk from the mother or if there are complications to where they're not able to get breast milk um that has an effect in in preterm babies but as you know um with preterm babies especially there's um there's a need for that initial Boost from the mother's immune system, so it's really important since they can be immune compromised to get those initial antibodies and to get that initial immune protection from the mother that comes with the colostrum or the first milk. Um, and so the that that's one of the things that um, that doctors, to my understanding, really focus on is is in preterm babies getting getting that milk to to them
2: um, mm-hmm. you know, when as, they're in the hospital. As you know, Julie, you know, for preterm babies, doctors prescribe breast milk as a medicine, right? And and that's you know why we have 24 milk banks in this country is essentially to provide, and I think there's something like 60 million ounces every year of uh, breast milk that comes out of milk banks and that goes to mostly preterm babies with prescriptions from doctors. Right. Now, you know, to I think we could do a much better job in this country uh, of expanding access to that. So, and where I'm from in Brazil, we have over hundred uh, milk banks And, you know, the population of Brazil is, you know, like a factor of two, you know, smaller than the U.S. is, right? And we have one quarter the number of milk banks here. We have less milk banks than than we have states in this country. So, you know, to me, (laughs) that's just we need more support. We need more of a culture here um, to make breast milk available to everyone because it is, you know, it's not just medicine for preterm babies. This is medicine for all babies.
1: Mm. And like like you're saying, the, the there are a lot of restrictions that donor banks um, take into account. With the, they do donor screening before anybody donates the milk. And so, um, while well, I think it would absolutely be great for the future of Milkify to be able to help link these moms that that need milk um and moms that have too much milk um for right now uh, we're not linked up with the donor banks that would be able to do the screening um but that's definitely somewhere that's to that we would say in the
2: future it's a logical next step you know mm-hmm. as we scale up and as our operations are able to handle more and more scale um you know we've already talked to some milk banks and you know we're trying to get those conversations started because um milk banks all over the world not in this country but everywhere else in Germany, Australia, Canada, right, they are using freeze drying technology to preserve the breast milk. Right. right And so we're not doing and they're doing that with government support with research hospitals, right They're doing it with, with doctors. and that's the research that you know we review to essentially know that what we're doing is not just safe, but it's really been proven by science to be the best way to preserve breast milk. And so you know milk banks in the US are maybe a little bit behind the curve. maybe mm-hmm. you know there hasn't been enough support, investment, et cetera in moving that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the logical next step. There, it makes too much sense for it to not happen eventually. And Milkify is here to simply accelerate that process.
0: Are milk banks so, funded you. by the government?
2: I don't know. You know, to be honest. With
0: you. All right, listeners, I- if you work at a milk bank, hit us up. We want to help you. <laughs> we want to help get all the babies, all the milk that they need.
2: Pedro at Milkify.me. <laughs> send me an email and let's talk.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Well, uh, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm so glad we're friends because I could just text you about like milk poop and all the things (laughs) that I ever wanted to know um, whenever I want. But I wanted to ask uh, three last questions. The first one is, what is the future goals of Milkify?
1: So one of them is to expand, uh, keep expanding with our kiosk for uh, making this drop off. The, the convenience factor uh, available, not just in Houston, but expanding that that everywhere. Um, also, like we were talking about, being able to to be associated with milk banks is a potential direction that we'd love to be able to help with in the future.
2: Uh, another goal that we have for the short term is to be able to bring uh, you know our milkify service to the entire country. Um, and we've piloted now with a couple of customers through you know milk who've used milk stork to ship their breast milk to us. And we found that milk stork has been a fantastic partner in making sure the co-chain transport is, you know, every step of the way. The milk has remained, you know, at the temperature that it needs to be and it arrives at our doorstep, you know, seamlessly and then we powder it, send it back to customer and customer loves it. And so, you know, our one of our goals is to really be able to launch this product and bring it to a national audience um and, and be able to, to to scale it from there
0: can i just brag on femtech focus part real quick because i got introduced to y'all and i was like are you talking to kate at milk Stork yet and you guys were like no but we'd love to i sent a quick email and now we're in the podcast you're like yeah we're partnered no big deal and i'm like <laughs> femtech focus works femtech focus works oh my god, oh my oh my god. <laughs>
2: as if a huge box of chocolate shows up <laughs> in set, you know, for Milkify anytime soon because, you know, you're right. You, you guys have been a huge resource for us and, you know, being able to talk to Kate uh, has been hugely helpful in terms of helping us figure out the logistics of breast milk shipping because, you know, I'll be honest with you, we we tried it and it was it did not go smoothly. It was a disaster.
1: The four milk store,
0: they, yeah. They're Amazing. the video. Amazing.
1: And
2: the fo- focusing on what you're good at, right? We're not yeah. breast milk shipping. We are... You know, we powder breast milk safely. We do really well. You have we a laboratory, right?
0: Kate doesn't have we a work. laboratory. We, we she, have a, she has FedEx safety accounts.
2: Safety manager running it, right? Yeah. Um, who designed every step of the way and trained personnel that are you know performing the procedures and et cetera. That's right. um, every I has been dotted. Every T has been crossed from the science and operations perspective. You know now you know with uh, with Kate and Milk Store helping us with the logistics. We've now, you know, got that figured out. And so we, we hope to be able to continue doing that, you know, expanding the, the breadth of our service, you know, bringing Milkify to more and more cities across the country, to more and more employers through our kiosk, to more motherhood-focused businesses through, also through, you know, through the kiosk, um, expanding our courier service so that we can go door to door and pick up your stash and powder it for you. Um, you know, really uh, anything, whatever it takes to be able to bring powdered breast milk and better infant nutrition to moms across the country.
0: Amazing. And uh, another uh, question, I guess it's like uh, <laughs> part B. What is your goal for the future of men in femtech? Because you're a man in femtech, so what's your what's yeah. your goal and what's your vision for what you hope the future of men in femtech looks like?
1: I, I
2: hope that in the future it's going to be a no brainer. Um, you know, for men who see an opportunity to be able to jump into femtech without this little voice in the back of their mind saying, "What am I doing? Why am I in the female focused industry? Why am I, mm. you know, working with breast milk?" And that little voice was there for me in the beginning and it was something you know, we talked about this last time yeah. you just kind of have to slap them and say you're just scared you know <laughs> this is just fear bro like just get over it right yeah, and fear, kind of bro targets. get
0: over it talk about milk and periods
2: it's all it is and the, and the way you get rid of a taboo in the male brain is by short-circuiting <laughs> by calling it what it is which is fear and you know i, I was able to do that after a few months and now you know, we're fully focused and, and you know we're doing amazing things and it's extremely rewarding. And not only that, it's also profitable. Uh, mm. There's a huge financial opportunity here. Um, anytime there's a pinpoint for customers, there is a huge opportunity to capitalize on. And that's something I learned in the finance world. And we need more men to come into to fintech and support women. You know, we need more women LPs. We need more, women, uh, more men who are supporting those women LPs and mm. uh, women VCs. And we just need more, you know, awareness and, and support from everyone.
0: I love it. Just slap them and tell them it's fear. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We have a lot of aspiring founders that listen, and they're still looking for their idea. Berkeley, I know you came up with this. You were already working with breast milk. You saw a colleague in the laboratory struggling with her breast milk storage, and you were like, wait a second. Ah, freeze! Whoa, I could use this for humans. You know what are other areas of innovation uh, that FemTech still needs? Women's health and wellness still needs.
1: I think there's there's so many. Um, the The field really is open, and I think that there's there's a lot that the the way that we came up with this is, like I said, putting just putting two and two together mm-hmm. from something that's in your own personal experience. Um, there, it's by no means a closed a closed field at, at this point. There's a lot of new products coming out every. Every week, it feels like um, that that solves some problem um, that somebody has identified. You know, Kate with milkstork traveled for work and had mm-hmm. to pump for twins, and that's how she came up with milkstork. And it's things like that that I think taking your own personal experiences and turning them into um, something. You know, don't just like let a problem sit there and stare you in the face. It's, how are you going to fix this? And that's. So I think that there's and and
2: from you know from the the man's perspective too or you know not you know from the partner's perspective too Mm -hmm. right. Um, It's also like talk to your wife, talk to your partner. You know if if you know wife is feeding. Baby breast milk, like that's something that the baby needs to stay alive. Like, thank you for doing that. What are the challenges you go through, right? Like, mm-hmm. if more men had that conversation, it wouldn't have taken this long, I think, for a couple to realize the opportunity to go, you know, to start and milkify. And I think if men take a more active role in just speaking with their partners and, you know, just speaking to their female co workers and just taking more of an interest, silencing the taboo voice in their head and, you know, just trying to be more aware of what's going on and the challenges that people face, then the low hanging fruit will present themselves mm. and those are where the new opportunities are, are gonna lie
0: i love that what i hear is men should be curious and ask honestly yeah, so and yes. you know and as a woman know that if you are struggling with the problem we promise you you're not the only one
1: that's right Don't Many, suffer many
0: in yeah go ahead Don't suffer in silence. yeah exactly and it's
3: amazing. You guys are, it's just a conversation away from the next innovation, right? Mm. And it's just you guys yeah. having honest conversations and then, you know, just exactly as you said, you're not, you didn't invent the wheel. You just put the pieces of wheel together mm-hmm. in a different way. And that's literally exactly the definition of innovation. You just had one conversation and put it together differently. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. You guys are really helping so many, not only women, families, families, um, you know, babies to get the nutrition, the antibodies that they need to reduce guilt, to help employers, to maintain productivity. I mean, you guys are really doing great, great work. And, you know, thanks for having those conversations and slapping that fear and telling, telling him to, you know, where to put it. So I love um, it. I had one last question though. Yeah, this is like Julie, go double, for it. Double aside. <laughs> so, listen, I was reading about breast milk. You know, t- is there anybody else that drinks breast milk, you know, is reading all kinds of things about bodybuilders drinking breast milk, it t- you know, random question, but let's just hear it from the experts in breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> Straight
1: enough, um, there there is a black market, a black market for breast milk um, with bodybuilders um, because it's such a nutrient dense.
2: There's human gra- uh, human growth hormone in breast and- milk. Yeah. And if you can't like can buy steroids, you know, on some internet website, then I guess there's Facebook groups where you can buy breast milk and that turns out to be, you know, a, a way that some, yeah, but this is a minority of people, right? This is mm. not, you know, this is questions that we, you know, we get this question from some people from time to time. And it's not something that, you know, this is like how all breast milk is being shipped and, and consumed and marketed, et cetera. You know, we're fo- we're focused on providing a service to women, um, you know, Sometimes it's their own milk, sometimes it's you know milk from a surrogate or et cetera. But really, we're serving the infants, and we're you know making sure that their breast milk is stored in the best possible way, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's the focus.
1: Yeah. And one other thing: with these Facebook groups, where most of the trading that we understand is done with these kind of things, um, is done through um, kind of closet Facebook groups. But a lot of them have kind of wised up to um, to to that now, and the women that are selling the milk online, um, you know, if you're you're, you're being connected with somebody in a Facebook group. These Facebook group groups are doing a better job of making sure that it's just women in the group that want to use it for their infants and mm-hmm. not for things like that. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. Is so it it's,
0: actually it's, useful for them? Do we know the science if it's actually useful for bodybuilding?
2: My understanding is that you know they wouldn't be doing it unless it was useful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to encourage anyone by any means to, to go do this, right. For not just for safety reasons, but if there's breast milk out there, it should be going to infants there, you know,
0: really
2: yes. meet the demand for infants, for preemies, you know, the 62 million ounces. And okay. there's like 65 million provided by mm-hmm. breast milk, uh, by milk banks in this country. So we're like a couple of percentage points away from not meeting demand every year with preemies. Right. Wow. And we'll, yeah, you know, we'll see what COVID does this year. If whether we're meeting, you know, that, the, the data is still, the jury is still out on that one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um,
0: all right, so bodybuilders, if you're listening, congratulations, you're talking about breast milk, we love it, but don't be selfish, Premies need it. All <laughs> right? What's wrong with creatine, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and don't contact Milkify, they will be very upset with you. Um, they, they're, they're in it for the infants. Our last question today is, what do you think the Femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful?
2: I think money Um, and not just, you know, not just money, not just dollars, but the dollars without the strings attached. So Mm. dollars coming from people who understand, you know, what the issues are and who understand, you know, what the problems are that need to be solved and addressed. Um, We need more female VCs. Mm -hmm. We also need more female LPs because VCs answer to the LPs and it, you know, it doesn't do anyone any good if you've got a bunch of female VCs answering to a bunch of male LPs who just want the same old software as a service company being invested in, right? You're just putting a Femtech label on your on your investment fund and founders see right through that. I promise you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you need female LPs or you need an investment committee who is actually focused on female technology and technology that is going to improve the lives of females. Um, And that, I think that's what, what femtech needs the most right now.
0: Wow. I love it. This has been awesome. Again, I'm so glad I'm friends at you. I can just text you questions. I have told many, many, people in my life with and without breasts uh, that Milkify is a thing. And they're like, we need a kiosk in our company. So uh, let's end this with like, how can a, if a, if someone's listening and they're like, my office needs this, what should they do?
2: Uh, sure. Absolutely. They should contact me at pedro at milkify.me. Uh, you can also send me emails to info at milkify.me or through our website. Um, and we'll get in touch with you. We've got some you know, marketing materials explaining more about the kiosk. Um, we've got a production line. We're building these things. We're building them cost-effectively and quickly. Um, and we want to pilot as many of them as possible this year in Houston. Um, we've got two two more in the works now. The first one's at Motherhood Center. So if you're in the Houston area and you want to just check it out, um, come by the Motherhood Center in River Oaks and you see it right in their lobby and you can try it out. You can see how it works. And if you'd like one in your lactation room uh, supporting your female employees and their, through their breastfeeding journey, then get in touch with us and we'll make sure that there's a kiosk placed in your lactation suite before we even get into the details and the financials we just want to bring the service to more women
0: amazing well thank you all so much for what you do uh keep it up can't wait to see you uh be global you guys are an amazing
3: power couple thank you for everything that you're doing for women and for babies and for families and congratulations on your upcoming young one joining your family too thank
1: you thank guys, you guys so much for having us
0: Thank you for listening to our interview with Dr. Berkeley Luck and Pedro Silva, the co-founders of Milkify. I love seeing scientists starting biotech companies. The basic scientific method of freeze drying is such a common, you know, tool we use in the laboratory, but it just needed a woman like Berkeley to ask, why can't this tech be available to all breastfeeding mothers? Seems like it would solve a lot of their problems. How many other struggles do women face that could be solved with a basic technology. I'm guessing a whole bunch, and whichever innovators connect the dots are going to be very successful and help a ton of women. One of my favorite things about Femtech community is how collaborative we are. In fact, once I learned about Milkify, I knew this would be a great partnership for Milkstork, the breast milk shipping service. I introduced Berkeley and Pedro to Kate Torgerson, and guess what? Oh my God, this makes me so happy. Milk store customers can now have their milk actually sent to Milkify for uh, freeze drying. Can you believe that? This makes me so excited to see these two femtech companies combining efforts to help women, but also to grow their businesses. Alrighty, fam fans, if you love our content, then please consider donating to Femtech Focus, which is a non-profit organization. We are still running our Giving Tuesday campaign through the end of the year, so please go to our website and check out that campaign. Your contributions go directly to helping us elevate the femtech industry. You can also support the show by sharing it with a friend, subscribing, and leaving a review. To stay up to date on femtech news and events, follow us on social at femtechfocus, subscribe to our newsletter, and join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org. And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.